Episode 52, 7th of June, 2012. Michael Wood on history and Gagarin's visit to Manchester. Hello and welcome to AstroTalk UK. ATUK is a not-for-profit amateur astronomy podcast produced by me, Gurubir Singh, an amateur astronomer based in the UK. For more information, see the About and FAQ pages at www.astrotalkuk.org. Historian Michael Wood's documentary, The Great British Story, A People's History, is currently being screened in the UK. Michael is from Manchester and was visiting Liverpool last weekend where he made time for this recording. In this short interview, he talks about the great British story, the role of the working classes in the northwest of England, and the value of their contribution to modern society. He also recounts his personal memories of the day the Soviet cosmonaut Yuri Gagarin came to town. This episode has an accompanying video version too. Michael Wood, thank you for your time. Um, you're now exiled in London, but you're from the northwest. You miss Manchester. Yes, yes, I do miss Manchester. Um, and I always enjoy going back there. And I feel terribly at home there, you know, coming in on the train from Stockport and passing those, um, the rows of red brick houses in Levensium and everything. I sort of breathe a sigh out, you know, so I still have that vestigial feeling, if you know what I mean. In fact, I was filming in Moss Side only about three weeks ago, you know, so uh, Great Western Street, Moss Lane East. And, Place school and uh, um, the, you know the Curry Mile and everything. And I, I really enjoyed just walking around while the crew were taking some general shots. I wandered around the, the little entries around the back streets where I used to play as a kid. And it was, you know, beautiful sunlight was exactly the same. That's the weird thing after all these years. Um, in your current series, Great British Story, People's History, you've covered some islands, you've been to Chile. Govern Scotland, Ulster, uh, Northumbria. Mm. The Northwest of England has played a pivotal part in the history of Britain through its connections with the mm. Industrial Revolution. Mm. How would you characterise the contribution made by the Northwest, Liverpool and Manchester in particular? And of course, you're going to be objective. Besides the fact that you're from Manchester, absolutely. Are you scholarly objective answer yeah. to that? Uh, well, you know. Our country has played a, a role in history, in the history of the world, out of all proportion to its size. Really. And you look at the great, the great cultures of the world, like India and China, of course, and the Mediterranean world. Um, England was just a tiny island off the fringe of Europe, you know, 15, 50, and 3 million people maybe. So tiny, insignificant. And yet its role has been huge. Uh, the language and the literature, the language has become the world language. Um, we became the workshop of the world as well as having an empire and obviously the empire was uh, in, in part won by force as well as by persuasion so there's, there's goods and bads about empire, it's no question but within that story, the story of um, the northwest is a very powerful story we're sitting here in Liverpool looking out over the Mersey you know, and it's a, almost a theatre of history here with the, the great Victorian buildings and St George's Hall and the docks really feel the power of history, the role that it had not only in the commerce of the world but in the slave trade, you know, these are great issues in our history. Manchester in particular, 
and I'm not just saying this because I'm from Manchester, but um, uh, really is one of the great cities in the history of the world, I think. And, and uh, it's because of its role in the formation of our modern world in terms of ideas, it seems to me. I was taking my younger daughter around Manchester University last year, so she was looking for which university to go to. And I said, I'll go to pop into Mosley Street and look at not only the paintings, but look at the Manchester History Gallery. And there you see the Independent Labour Party with its Manchester roots, the co-op with its Manchester roots, the suffragettes, you know, the women's liberation movement with Manchester roots, the Chartists, yeah. Peter Lou, Free Trade, um, uh, you know, the role of Manchester in history, and as the first industrial city in the history of the world, you know, it was the first time in the history of the world that a population was uh, had come into a great city to be a manufacturing and labouring class, really. And, and I think that that it, it played a tremendous role. Given that the Liverpool is a port city, Manchester is not. Have expected the Industrial Revolution to take place in Liverpool more so than Manchester. You might, and Liverpool and Manchester are inextricably bound together despite their rivals. <laughs> Liverpool was the great port, it was the great outlet for, for the Manchester cotton trade, the brick bringing cotton in, taking out the manufacture, and so on. So the two are tied together. But uh, um, it's also their social and, and um, you know, organisational history is really it's interesting that Liverpool was uh, quite strongly controlled by powerful uh, owners and manufacturers and uh, powerful merchants. And, uh, you know, it's interesting that Liverpool was a city that slavery was very important to the economy of Liverpool. Manchester was the great fighter in the anti-slavery movement, you know. Um, but, um, uh, you know, there was those peculiar conditions of the cotton trade, especially with the... Um, you know, the water's very soft water in Manchester coming down from the Pennines and so on that, uh, that led to it becoming that. And it was such a phenomenon with such a huge population coming into the city over such a short time in the early 19th century that uh, people from all over the world came to look at it, you know, uh, foreign observers, writers, de Tocqueville, the greatest of all theorists about uh, the kind of modern revolutions of France and America, he came to Manchester and he observed it and wrote about it. Novelists, you know, Disraeli, Mrs. Gaskell, Dickens, his hard times, Mrs. Gaskell's North and South. Everybody went to Manchester and saw it as a phenomenon of the age. Engels, you know, Frederick Engels was the son of a factory owner. He was a young German, handsome young guy in his 20s when he's writing this stuff, you know, looked a bit like the young Boris Becker, you know, <laughs> fell in love with an Irish um, patriot Mary Burns who initiated him into the squalor and the horrors of ordinary people's lives and he wrote about these places like Little Island on the Medlock or the Angel Meadow, the great slum in Ancoats which was hell on earth uh, Engel said, you know, the, 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 the worst slum of the age and uh, um, so everybody saw Manchester as a laboratory of the industrial age, you see, so it had a great impact on, on the world, and it's um, and of course, as somebody brought up, you know, post-war, you know, I'm a child of the 50s and the 60s, and the Manchester Guardian and the liberal tradition and the Halley Orchestra and the football and the cricket, you know, it's still, um, still you know, the, the sport was a creation of that industrial age too, you know, and as everybody knows, Manchester's the football capital of the world, but, yeah. and not Liverpool, we won't mention last week, but Liverpool's got great traditions too. <laughs> Back to um, the great British story. 
I've only seen two episodes, so it's still uh, in the middle of this, beginning of its run. The, a lot of the aerial visuals uh, have a peculiar perspective. Instead of the usual London down at the bottom and Scotland at the top, you've turned the whole thing upside down, and now we have London at uh, the top of the screen and Blackpool, which is only on the left. Mm -hmm. Was that obviously a deliberate choice? Mm -hmm. Is that in part to get us to look at ourselves from a very different perspective? Mm -hmm. I think so. I mean, you, you, uh, we've had one or two criticisms from English nationalists on the website saying, well, uh, history of England's more important. But of course, <laughs> in the uh, first centuries of our story, the English are a tiny minority and the, 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 the British world from Scotland and across you know, to the West and all that is, is the most important part of the story. And uh, when you look at it from that point of view, turning the map round is always very interesting. Mm. Um, and you turn the map round in this part of the world, and I've, you know, you look at the Irish Sea, and if you turn that map round, say the Dublin's at the bottom and Liverpool and Manchester at the top, and Wales is over to the right and the south of Scotland over to the left, and you look at that map and you see that the Irish Sea is almost like an, in, an inland sea, you know. And, and uh, you understand why the Northwest has much more intensive contacts until very recent times, really, with Scotland and Ireland and Wales and, uh, than it did with the Southeast and London. You know, the, our world as South Lancashire people is bounded by that kind of circle I always feel, you know. And uh, you've only got to look at football teams and all the characters, you know, I will say, you know, a typical music group, Lennon, McCartney, Starkey, Harrison, you know, a typical bunch of comedians, Askey, Tartbuck, O'Connor, you know, a typical bunch of footballers, the Carragher, uh, you know, Keane, uh, Finnan, uh, Gerard, these names show you this link of uh, Scotland, Ireland, the Northwest. That's what's made this culture. You know, in a town like Liverpool, there's nobody who isn't an immigrant. Yeah. Interesting. The working class, uh, it's a people's history, and the working class community that arose through the Industrial Revolution. Um, arguably, they have uh, many achievements under their belts, not least the uh, raising of the quality of life and the poverty-stricken uh, people of the time, the slums you mentioned earlier and the great movements of the uh, co-op and the uh, cooperative movement and the unions. How do you think they, those achievements of the working people of Britain stack up against the achievements elsewhere through music, art and culture? Well, you know, we've been a very creative uh, and inventive culture and society over many hundreds of years. Even now, you see, we look at ourselves and everybody's a bit sort of conscious of the fact that Britain no longer has the state as it did in the world. Look at these great inventions. We were just talking today about the kind of DNA fingerprinting and the internet, the DNA discovery, DNA itself. So many great uh, discoveries and inventions still come, have come out of our society and through history it's been very creative and inventive. And uh, no question, you know, uh, all these fields, literature, music, poetry, they're great. Um, we're in Liverpool. The Beatles, uh, to name but one, have uh, had such a profound influence on the culture of the world, you know, and will continue to do that. We're very, very great songwriters, and, and so one should. I, I, all I'm saying is that you can view history from the point of view of the rulers. Mm -hmm. We can make films about Henry VIII and Elizabeth I, and they're very interesting, 
you know, but the truth is our society was built by the people and that uh, the, the, the achievements of the people in terms of democracy and uh, stuff like that, uh, our, our rights and our freedoms, have come from the bottom pushing up, not from the, the top beneficently giving them, <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> and, those, and, and those exist very, very early on, you know. Um, but this is a modern uh, um, historical factor that uh, the phenomenon of the people's history mm. has been given the recognition they ever had. I think um, since my certainly since my student days, um, end of the sixties, early seventies, there's been a lot of interest in the social history of uh, Britain. You know, E.P. Thompson in my day wrote the Making an English Working Class and stuff like that. You know, and um, I think there's much more interest in that, and also the probing of documents. You know, that 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 the documents for the ordinary people are incredibly rich, going back over 800 years, and all that's being kind of sifted now. But the biggest thing, I think, is public interest. You know, it's a democratic kind of thing. History is the biggest leisure participation activity in the UK. You know, more people actually are involved in National Trust, English Heritage, museum visits, than in any other activity. We all kind of care about these things, you see. And, and the biggest interest of all, you can see from these events today, is in family history. You know. Who are we? Who am I? Where do I come from? What's my relationship to my community and my place? My village, my suburb, my town, my city. And how does that connect with the history of the nation? And multiple identities are perfectly possible now, you see, as you know yourself. You know. I mean, I was talking the other day to somebody in the street in Manchester who was a Sikh with a war turban. You know, yeah. He's still a, an observing Sikh. And, he, and in a strong Manchester accent, he said, well, I'm a, you know, I'm a Sikh first, but um, I'm really a Mancunian, you know, and of course I'm red rather than blue, and uh, yes, I'm, I'm uh, uh, you know, uh, all right, I'm English, yes, English, really. well, I'm British as well, you know, you think, you think that's an extraordinary phenomenon. Now, in other countries, India, for example, the multiple identities are very, very common, you know, you can, I'm Tamil, I'm Muslim, I'm Indian, I'm and, uh, uh, and I suspect, to a degree, that's been so in, in England. But there's been a very strong centralising culture in England, which you've never had in, in India, for example. And uh, uh, that's breaking up now. And the pride in these regional and local identities has really become quite intense. And it's fun, you know, it's really great fun. It's terrific to be in the 21st century. Finally, in July 1961, you were a schoolboy in Manchester. And on the 12th of July, Cosmo Yuri Gidari came to visit Manchester. Do you really, uh, what recollections do you have of the day? Well, I remember it because, um, I mean, some schools who were on his route, because mm. I think he flew into Ringway Airport, yes. uh, were actually allowed to go out and That's see right. him go past, oh, which was absolutely incredible. Now, I was at Bench Hill, and we didn't do that, but I knew all about it from my mum and dad and my aunts and my uncles. He went, he visited Metro Vickers, and I, we had, to, because my dad's family came from Austin, and my granddad worked at Metro Vickers and all that, um, there was a great interest in all this. And uh, you've got to remember what a star he was at that time. It was, the, it was an extraordinary piece of news that over all that gap of time, um, anybody who lived through it, you can't forget what a, what a moment, what a revelation that moment was. And there was something marvellous about it because we were taught to sort of fear the Russians at that time. You know, there really was a Cold War climate of fear. And here he was, this very charming young man. He seemed so young and he seemed so jolly and he seemed so affable. 
was the key thing when you saw it on telly in the evening, you know, and everybody said you'd gone to Albert Square that day, but Albert Square was absolutely packed, you know, and um, uh, the idea, people were perching everywhere to see this guy, and I thought that the, the sheer, um, almost affection and interest and sociability of the Manchester public, People were just compellingly interested by this guy, and he reciprocated. That was what everybody said, and uh, and he understood us as Mancunians, you know, yeah. as working. We were so proud of ourselves as a workshop of the world and place of engineering and industry. And here was a guy whose origin, I think, wasn't he a foundry worker? Foundry worker. So he had a working class. And, um, and I remember my granddad saying, "Oh, he understands us." You know, there was some incident that happened about where he showed his knowledge, I can't remember what it was, and, and, uh, and uh, everybody was very kind of pleased that day, and it was almost as if Mancunians felt there was a bond there that cut through all the Cold War stuff and, and showed that we were people together, do you know what I mean? And I think that's what they, they loved about him, and uh, certainly among my parents and uncles and my granddad, there was a real appreciation of that village. I never understood at the time why he'd chosen Manchester. Well, the most extraordinary thing was, I can't remember whether he'd even visited anywhere else in the, in the, at that oh, point. Yeah. He, but, but, uh, but to come to Manchester, and the Manchester responded with this, I mean, Albert Square was in the, when you saw the Manchester Evening News reporting it the next day, it was just unbelievable, you know. It was like the, 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 the only time I can remember that was ever like that in my day was when United won the European Cup, you know. Um, I mean, there have been more, more events since, but it was like that. And that said something about the Manchester public, I thought. Thank you very much indeed. Okay. Appreciate it. Thank you very much.